Welcome to the My Fence Life bonus podcast series, Ask Me About My Day, where you can eavesdrop on phone conversations between Dan, industry leaders, and fencers from around the country to find out about their day. Maybe even barter. That 89 truck I got, I got it because I bartered for it. And I hate bartering, but I did fence work for a guy. He bought the material. I built the fence. I got the truck out of it. Hold on, babe. I got to do the My Fence Life show. It's Dan. Hello? Hey, man. Get on that ass, boy. I told you you got shit to do. <laughs> That's what I just told her. What's <laughs> up, Dan? <laughs> Not much, man. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got your special special uh, intro music. Hold on a second. You ready? Let's, yeah, let's hear it. Hi, my name is Yeah, old Slim Shady of fencing. What's happening, Kevin, Steve? Uh, nothing much, man. How have you been? I've been doing good, bro. Um, yeah? Yeah, I'm just kicked back, chilling. And uh, I know you and I have been trying to catch up, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this cat a call. So Yeah, it's been a minute. It has, it has. You even called me out on Facebook like, yo, it's been long <laughs> enough, bro. Let's, let's make this happen. I did, I did. So, you know, I've been doing this little bio thing, telling our listeners who's who and all that good stuff, right? Yeah. And I don't think people really know who you are, man. So I got a little short little deal I wanted to say. Because uh, right. you and I have been texting back and forth. Basically, real quick, born and raised in Utah. Mar- yep. Married, no kids, but uh, that doesn't mean you're not trying every day, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh been in the offensive business seven years and your uh your walk of fame, your walk to fame, or however they say it, was you were working with Victor Vasquez or VV at All Over Fence in uh Madna, Utah, right? Yes, sir. And he used to go live. He still goes live, but uh not as much. But he used to go live when he was out working in the field every day, all day long, and he would give you a hard time. So Kevin Steve just kinda got popular, huh? Yeah, yeah. It started all off as a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, you moved to Orange, Texas, uh, late last year to get closer yep. to uh, your wife's family, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you got settled in a little bit and started next level fencing. A few months later, basically January of this year. Yep, yep. We officially opened our doors on the first. And then you and Brian, uh, Fred Aluminum kicked it off. And he was like, hey, man, you want to help me get members benefits? And you're like, yeah. He's like, well, you want to be the director of it? And you're like, yeah. So now y'all are in talks with insurance companies and stuff, trying to get affordable insurance for anybody and everybody in the fence business. Yep, that and along with other, a ton of other stuff we got going on, too. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, that's a little bit about Kevin Steve, but uh, how you been doing, man? What's going on? Is is the fence business paying all the bills yet, or what? Oh, not yet. It's not paying all of them, Uh, but we are doing good. We're growing for sure. The phone's ringing. Um, We got in with the city. We got a job with the city on on the books, so. Oh, really? Yep. Yep, and we got another one. Uh, 
quoting some jobs for Grove City and so yeah, we're we're growing for sure. Okay. All right. But but yeah, not not paying all the bills yet. Uh I actually started working another job. I remember our last show you told me uh let your current employer finance your business. Yeah. Meaning meaning you uh let your current employer pay your bills mm-hmm. and then anything you make on your business you get a dump right back into it. Yeah, you actually took that advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a good thing I did because I blew a head gasket in the truck. So right now we're fencing out of the Jeep. I got a little trailer, and we're just making it work. <laughs> yeah. So did you put the truck in the shop, or you like screw it? I'm not yep. putting any more money in it. Nope, the truck's in the shop. It's getting fixed. Well, hey, it's getting man. fixed. So I, I went to a, I went to a dealership. And I started talking to a guy, and he told him when we got down to the price of the truck, I was like, man, I only came here for one. <laughs> and he said, that's the price of one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and our trucks ain't cheap, man. You know, we bought, no. Dylan, we bought Dylan a new truck about a year ago. And that son of a bitch broke down today. Like, Dylan said he just turned onto the service road, headed to the office, and he just quit running. And he was like, what the hell? Thing was stuck in really? neutral. He literally was 0.3 miles from the dealership. Like, he could see the dealership. Cost him 95 bucks to get towed, like, five blocks. <laughs> yeah. So, that's a brand-new 2022 uh, Chevy. He's got some kind of sport ATR. I don't know what it is. Whatever. The the, the sporty mode. The, hey, I'm young and not old mode. I got the Denali. I got the, hey, I'm old and... You know, I want to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, man, so I did say that. I didn't mean to give it to you as advice. It was kind of what I did. I ended up using my day job to pay my bills and feed the family and use my side hustle to basically build my business because I knew that I didn't want to work for somebody forever. You know, and yep. I see that a lot, man. I see a lot of these guys go out and they start a little side hustle. And instead of acting like they don't have a side hustle, they use that money and um, as a supplement into their household. So they go out and buy a jet ski or they use it to, you know, whatever. Go out and eat big expensive steak dinners and instead of going, wait a second, we were doing just fine. I mean, we were scraping, but we were making it. And instead of keeping it that way, they try to make their lives a little easier. Instead of instead of looking ahead, they're looking right in front of their face like, I got this cash. They're not looking a year down the road where they could have everything paid for and then start saving exactly. up. You know, look, man, when I uh, when I went full time. I had six months of my bills in the bank that my side gig uh, paid for. I was like, I got six months to make it, you know? Yeah. And that's what I did. So I was like, all right, trucks pay for, trails pay for, equipment's pay for. So now I'm going to start stashing away. How much of my monthly bills? All right, stash, 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 stash. And then when I got to that point, I was like, all right, where do I sit? Does the business have a savings? Which, 
it had a little, not a lot. And that's probably one mistake I made. I probably should have waited a little bit longer and went out on my own. But I didn't. I was anxious. I probably should have saved up a little bit more money. Even if it would have been, you know, four or five grand more. Yeah, so the business had a little bit. Yeah, but I kept looking at that six months I had, not realizing that's really not my money. But we we did good, man. We did good. Um, uh, I didn't I didn't ever not pay my bills. Now, I'm not gonna say I wasn't yeah. late on them. I'm not gonna say I didn't pay my house note late a time or two, you know, <laughs> or a truck note late time or two. But they were getting paid. And everybody was happy, and I had a couple late payments on my credit. But at that point, you know, I wasn't really worried about that. I was just worried about living and making it and not going to work. for. That's how badly I didn't want to work for somebody else. Yeah. You know, I didn't go out and buy trucks and boats and four-wheelers and, you know, motorcycles. And I just dumped everything back in my business and my family and my house and – Good thing I did, man, because when I sold my house, um, I don't I lived in it uh yeah, how long I lived in that house? I guess a little over ten years. And I had over sixty thousand in equity. So I, I, I was trying to pay my house off because I was like, if I can live without a house note, you know, I'm living. <laughs> You're solid. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and guess what? I'm I'm at that point today. I bought um I bought the house that I'm in now in 2016 after me and the old lady split up and all that good stuff. Uh, I waited a few years, man. I waited. uh, Ooh, we had split up. We've been split up about three years. We didn't get divorced for a year. It's two or however long it takes in Louisiana. I don't know. I lose track of time. But honestly, it shot my credit, man. So what I ended up doing was was what's called a bond for deed. Mm-hmm. And I bought my house like that. I bought it with a bond for deed. Um, the guy that I bought my house from didn't even know what that was. So I had to shoot him over some YouTube videos. I'm like, hey, man, this is how it works. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. You know, and the guy's like, you really want to do this? And I was like, yeah. Well, I knew I could make some money, man. I just didn't have the credit at the time. You know, divorce screwed me, and it didn't hurt. But yeah. it took a whole year. I took the entire year, twenty fifteen, off after my dad died and didn't work, and blew through my savings. So not all of it, but damn near all of it. And then, um, so I did a bond for D for this guy with this guy, and let's see, I bought it in April of twenty sixteen, and I paid it off. In like November of 2017. Was it 17? Yeah, I think it was 2017. Yeah. Either a year and a little bit later or two years and a little bit later. I can't remember if it was 2017 or 2018. I have to go back and look. But I dumped every dime I had on the house. Because in five years, with a bond for deed, in five years, you either got to pay the balloon payment or you lose everything. All the money you put into the house and everything. So it's a little risky. Wow. But I knew I could make some cash because I've been there, done that, right? 
Yeah. So yeah, paid off the house. And uh, it must have been 2018. It must have took me two years and a little bit to pay it off. And then in um, 2020, yeah, 2020, I renovated the whole house and pretty much paid, put as much money as I paid for the house into the renovation. So, <laughs> you know. So, people, so you bought it twice. Yeah, yeah. I could have bought the house. The house next door was for sale, and I could have bought it cash. But I didn't. I renovated the one I'm in. And, um, man, I got a lot of people. Not a lot, but my friends will be like, dude, you know, I live in a mediocre subdivision. You know, houses go for about 200 grand, 100, and, you know, nothing nothing fancy down here. But yeah, <clears throat> my dad taught me a lesson. My dad said, look, everybody wants to live. And I don't think it was just my dad. I think it was my years of being a fence guy. I would go to these houses, three, four, five hundred million, five hundred thousand million dollar houses, and you're like, man, I want to live here one day. And you walk in the house, and they got sheets in the windows, and uh, it's empty. Yeah, they don't have furniture. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? You, how many houses yeah. you been in that are brand new, and they don't have a pot to piss in? Yeah, I've walked, I've walked up doing fence co- quotes, and they got nice cars, nice house. You go in to sign the check. Bitch is empty. They got, don't have anything. Got a shitty old pleather couch ripped up, right? Yeah, yeah they got free furniture they found off marketplace and what a, exactly. But to the to the world, they look like they're making it. Yeah, so my my by seeing that and talking with my dad, my dad was a huge part of my uh my business learning. Um he uh, my business education, I guess you could say. Uh, he's like, look, buy a house you can afford, not one you can barely afford, but a house you can afford and a note that you can afford. I was like, all right. He said, and then turn it into what you want. He goes, because you'll be the only guy on the block that can afford to have a landscaper, can afford to get your house pressure washed every, every year, you know? after winter yeah can afford to have your grass cut every week and guess what yeah your house will be paid for advice. before everybody else so that's what i did so my house probably should not be in um the subdivision it's in you know i added on to it i did all kinds of the the old owners came by about six months ago knocked on the door and they're like oh my god this doesn't even look like the same place you know but that's <laughs> yeah, what i, I did because it's not <laughs> now my friends that are money conscious are like you'll never get your money out of this house and i'm like well i don't care i come home every day to a nice house and uh i don't give a shit if i don't get all my money out of it i could get hit by a fucking bus tomorrow and what's gonna happen Y'all going to be saying my eulogy and go, yeah, he was saving up to live in the house that he always wanted to live in. No, I'm yeah. going to die living in that son of a bitch. So I don't know how we got on this subject, but back to what you were talking about. Yeah, man, let your day job, pay your bills, pay your car note, pay your electric bill and take all the cash you make and dump it into your business. That's what um, Chris Gass did. He, I think he's still, yeah, I think he's still working for Clico. You know, he might be, he might be. And 
Quico was paying his bills, man. And people were like, damn, how's Chris getting all this stuff? Well, he didn't have any bills. He wasn't. And when I don't say he didn't have any bills, and I could be talking out of turn here. I, he might call me up and be like, bro, you got that all wrong. And if I do, I'll correct it. But, you know, he didn't have to pay his house note with that money. He didn't have to pay his his wife's car with that money because he had a regular job that was already doing that, you know? Yeah. So he was able to buy trailers and trucks and make mistakes and it not cripple him, you know? Yep. So I think that's smart what you're doing, man. You know, and when people call, you know, if you set up your voicemail right, you know, you'll be good. Call those people back at lunch, shoot them a text. Or if you got a thing on your phone where you can shoot back, hey, I'm currently on an estimate. Can I give you a call later today when I'm done running running around all my estimates? You know? Yeah, yeah. that's what I do. I go go do estimates in the morning because I don't work till 10. And then uh, when I take my lunch, I have my clipboard and everything at work, and I do all my estimates and stuff during lunch, send them out. And then on the weekends, we build fence. Yeah, yeah. And, man, a customer doesn't need to know. You'd be like, look, how about I do this? I'm kind of booked up this week and next week, but if you want, I, I don't normally do this, but I, I'll work this weekend, and I'll come do it Saturday and Sunday get it knocked out for you. Oh, you'll do that? Yeah, I'll sacrifice my Saturday and Sunday. They don't need, <laughs> they don't need to know that you, you, you understand what I'm saying? They don't need to know you got a regular yep. job and uh, you know what I mean? That's exactly what I do. That's how I play it off. Yeah, and if you don't finish it, you come back on Monday morning and you get there, you know, 7 o'clock and around 9.30, say, hey, look, we got to have an emergency job come up. Um, I got to go take the, I got to go handle this. I don't know how long I'll be. I may or may not be back. I apologize. But I'll definitely tighten this up tomorrow for you if I don't. And you come back the next day and finish it up. Yep. Yep. You do know. what you say you're going to do. Well, That's yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. They don't need to know you got to go to another job. Now, some people might disagree with what I'm telling you, but uh, I don't know. It's worked great for me in the past. Shit, it still works today for me. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I do. I carry two shirts in the car. I carry my, my next level shirt and then my other work shirt, and I just switch them out. Yeah, there you go. So, um, so what you got going on? What kind of jobs you got, man? I mean, you got enough uh, to keep you busy every weekend, or you too busy for yeah. weekend work? Or? Yeah, not too busy yet. Um, but you know, I learned from Victor, so we moved pretty quick. But <laughs> I got a uh, I got a wood job coming up. Um, it's actually they just called me the other day and they want to stain it, so. We're going to be doing some stain on that one. It's going to be, a, I call it a jail top, but I don't know what everybody else calls it. It's the one with where it's like the lattice top, you know, but it's got the little ball ballisters. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I got that one coming up. Um, I got a chain link job that's for the city of Orange. Um, I'm quoting a baseball field for Groves, city of Groves. Um, okay. Yeah, we just did a couple of repairs uh, this weekend. Just little, you know, my gate won't work, or yeah, this couple posts blew over in the wind, or yeah, just anything to be oh. getting into people's neighborhoods and all that good stuff. Exactly, that's that's what it is. You just got to get your name out there. So yeah, and the, honestly, the little ones, I love those ones right now because all I got's the Jeep. 
I don't have a truck anymore. So yeah, the little one saved my butt. So um, do you have any door door hangers or stuff? Uh, we just updated the logo with Benji. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I saw it. Looks good. But Benji with Clever Fox, he's uh he's revamping the whole company. So uh, I'm ordering door hangers, and I'm gonna get some uh, fence signs. Um, yeah, when you're doing those little repairs, man, put them, do the five around, or do more than that, you know. Yeah. And if you got a, you got a time that you're not uh. You're not working on the weekend. Go hang door hangers. Get that fence business going. And whatever yeah. you do, don't, yeah, that's, whatever you do, don't use your sick days or your paid time off or your personal days at your job. If you're going to use them, use them to go build fence. Go to work. Exactly. Go to work sick. Go to work. Exactly. Uh, go to work hungover. Call in. <laughs> whatever you got to do, don't call. You know, salvage those days so that way. You're doubling up, right? Not only am I getting paid today because I, I had a paid sick day, but I'm also building fence. Yep, exactly. Yeah. That's that's the whole that's the whole end goal is to build fence every day. So, yeah, don't be like that guy that works for me. I think his grandma's died like five times. You know what I mean? Don't be that guy. <laughs> we all got those guys. <laughs> don't be that guy. Oh my god! Or you start thinking, God damn, how many grandmas you got? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You gotta be running out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, man, yeah, that's all. That's hey, man. You know, I don't like to say "fake it till you make it." Uh, you know, but you know that's the phrase that a lot of people use. I've used it in the past, but it's more about do whatever you got to do to make it happen. Because one day you're gonna be sitting back telling the same story that I'm saying to somebody else, and they're gonna be like, "Man, that's great advice." Yep. You know. So, yeah, that's what I was talking to Victor on the phone the other day, and that's what he said. He's like, Man, I can't wait to hear your story. You're gonna have a good story. <laughs> yeah, you know what I would tell him? You son of a bitch, you want to know how the story's gonna start? I needed a truck, and you wouldn't, and Victor Vasquez wouldn't yep, sell me that's, one. That's what I told him. I said, Yeah, that's how, that's you know what I'm gonna do when I make it, Victor? I'm gonna go out and buy a brand new truck and send you a picture of it and be like, Fuck your truck because <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker told me he was gonna sell me one. Now I got a truck that's got a blown head gasket, a business I'm trying to run, and he's over there with all his trucks, and he's like, I'm not selling one. I'm just going to let it sit here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. He knows what's going on yeah. with his business. He called me the other day. I don't blame him. He called me the other day, and uh, he's losing his voice. He's like, man, I talk to customers all day. How do you do it, Fence King? And I'm like, wait, what did you say? He's like, I he called like, you that? I'm like, no, the last part. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to uh, do some videos of my workflows for him and send it to him because he's got like 10 or 15 statuses. And I'm like, dude, I got like 100, not 100, but probably a good 50. And I started telling him the statuses I have. And he's like, Okay, I need to see that because that's what I need. You know. Yeah, he's a uh, he's struggling to do Kevin Steve's job. <clears throat> well, I think he just can't do it like I did. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make sure he hears this. Yeah, I yeah, think he just can't do it like I did it. That's all right though. He'll learn. <laughs> He'll learn. He's trying to 
do your job, but then also do it the way I do it. So he just needed a little advice on that, how to handle a few things. So I was telling him how to do it, and he's like, oh, that makes sense. And the funny thing was, he's like, man, I'm on the phone. I'm talking all day, and by the end of the day, between my voice getting hoarse and my accent, people don't know what I'm saying. Well, we had been on the phone about five minutes, and I said, I can fix this problem for you. And he's like, how? I said, you just need to shut up. We've been on the phone five minutes and three seconds, and you don't talk. <laughs> you don't talk for the last four and a half. And he, and he started laughing. Well, you asked me what was going on. I was just giving him a hard time. But um, yeah, man, he's just, he does talk a lot. Yeah, but he's he not, does talk a lot. He's not doing some things he needs to do. He uh, he's calling people, and if they don't answer, he, he needs to let the software work for him, and that's what he's not doing. Um, he needs to put them in a voicemail slash appointment, which means he left a voicemail or reached out. They didn't talk. They didn't call back. They didn't answer or text back or whatever it is. And have an automation set up pounding those people. Hey, we're trying to get a hold of you. Hey, we're trying to line up an appointment. Hey, don't forget about us. Instead of him calling yeah. all those people back, let the freaking computer system do it, man. You know? Yeah. So, that's what we did. We we got behind on our leads, and we had it was right at three hundred leads. And I was like, "How are we going to follow up with all these people?" And I was like, "You know what? Stick them all in voicemail appointment and make it seem like we called and left the voicemail. And whoever responds, we jump on." So it was me. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Me, Dylan, and Zach, and uh, my secretary that I have right now. I was like, all right, I'm starting to dump everybody. And I just started moving them. Boom, 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 boom. And we just waited. And then people started texting back. And I wasn't even using intercom. You know, I was like, Zach, you see that lady Jennifer? Yeah. Live an appointment with her. You know? And then another one came through. And we literally just sat there for a couple hours just pounding them out. I mean, granted, we lost over half of those leads, but... You know, people are like, oh, I got it taken care of. Oh, I got an estimate already. I already signed on. Okay, boom, boom, boom. Moving the loss. Let's filter through these fucking people. I wasn't going to let the leads go. I had already not gotten back with them because we were out of town at Fence Tech. And then I got sick. And I was out of town at Stainless Hill. I was out of town at Fence Tech. And then I got sick the week after. Dylan's trying to run crews and, and hit as many as he can, you know. And, uh, yep. Then on top of that, Zach's bidding jobs, we just didn't have the infrastructure. So we just, I didn't want to, I wanted to cut my losses, but I didn't want to have to cut them any more than I had to. So that's why I did it that way, you know? So, uh, yeah. And I gave Victor some pointers on how to deal with the my salesmen that come through, you know? Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Make your systems work for you. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, man. So, how's everything else going? You, uh, when's the truck going to be ready? When are you going to be back on the road with it? What's the plan? Truck should truck should be ready. The heads are off now. They're going to the machine shop, so truck should be ready in, I'd say, a week, couple weeks. Um, hopefully, nothing else happens to it. I'm already in the hole with it, but that's all right. 
It's paid for, right? <laughs> yeah, look, man. Sometimes that's, that's what I kept resorting back to. I was like, you know what? It's paid for, so I'll just pay for the repair and move on. So let me ask you something. When you went and looked at trucks, did you look at brand new ones or used ones? Uh, both. Um, I was more looking at, I started looking at brand new ones. And then once I got the word that uh, a brand new one costs a crazy yeah. amount of money, then I started looking into used. But I mean, even used trucks nowadays are crazy. Yeah, they are. If you're trying to get reliable, you know, if you're just trying to get something like I have where it's got 200,000 miles and something could go wrong any day, then. Yeah. reason why I'm asking is, is you need to start keeping track of what you're dumping into this truck and you're probably going to realize that you could just afford a note. Yeah. You see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that's. That's what I was thinking about, at too. Least, yeah. At least with a truck that you're paying a note on, you know the son bitch is going to start tomorrow. You don't have a surprise bill. You budgeted in the note, right? And then yeah. third, if you, if you keep this old truck, you don't know if you're going to go, if you're going to be able to go finish this job tomorrow so you can get paid. So... If I were you, I'd sit down and go, you know, all right, January, I put this in it, February, this. Shit, I don't put five grand in this thing in the past four months, you know? Yeah. My note was only going to be $1,100 on that truck that had, you know, 80,000 miles on it. Or whatever, you know what I mean? So you need to start looking at that before you just keep dumping money into this truck. Not that you don't keep it. It might be a great, you know, side truck, run estimates in, whatever. I don't know. Keep it in case yeah. you need another crew. You know? Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good thing to think about though. Yeah, I think uh Sean King, he's the king of notes, man. He's like, just get a note. You know why? You know the son bitch is gonna start and it's gonna go to work. Yeah, you're not going to be fencing out of a two-door Jeep. <laughs> right, right. So check that out, man, and look into it before, um, you know, I'm, I don't know why you didn't get, why you ended up not going, if it was just a, I don't know if I can pay this note deal or not. But I tell you what, when you got a note you got to pay, you, you'll do some things that you probably wouldn't have done before to make sure that some bitch gets paid. Yeah, it'll push you for sure. Yeah. And look, I'm not going to lie, man. Uh, what year was this? 2004? No. No, not 2004. Early 2005. I had a 04 uh, Chevy 1500 HD or whatever they call it. Four-door. Right. It got repoed, bro. You know, it just chalk it up to the game. So then they called me minivan Dan. I went and paid five grand cash for a minivan. Minivan, <laughs> yeah. Ran estimates in a minivan and uh, had my old my old truck. You know, that was I had a work truck that was paid for, and I had a personal truck. You got repoed, man. And it wasn't that was in uh, I got repoed in um. 05, like early 05, and it wasn't until 2008 where I saved up enough money to put a chunk of change down 
and I bought a uh, an 08, I bought a 2005 uh, F-150 four-door, the, uh, the four-wheel drive one, I forget what they call it. Mm-hmm. It had like uh, 60,000 miles on it. Yeah. And I got rid of the minivan. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, I was running estimates in the minivan and showing up in a in a uh, 1989, I think it was, Ford F-250. That's what I was building out of. So. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah, truck was in 89, and here it is in 2005. Right? Truck was getting old. Yeah. 16-year-old truck. And I, I worked that truck all the way to 20... 12? Yeah. Yeah. 2012. 2011, 2012. That's how long I worked that old truck. So, but anyway, bro, take that advice and maybe next time we talk, you'd be like, hey, man, guess what I did? <laughs> yeah, because I got myself a Denali. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Find you a truck, man. And look, they got some of these companies that, that buy these trucks that come from, uh, um, like the county, you know, the maintenance department. They got F two fifties that those guys they they got a lot of miles on them, but the preventive maintenance is spotless on them. You know, and all those guys do is ride around. Yeah, you and can check. you can get those at yeah, you can all, get those at auctions and stuff. Yeah, all they do is ride around and check water meters in them, man. You know, the whole entire yeah. chassis, everything's perfect on it. Every time it hit three thousand miles, oil was changed. The preventive maintenance on those things are unbelievable. You look around for those, you know? Yeah. That's what I would do. Start looking into that. Even though you don't have the money now, start looking so when you got it, you know where you're going to go. Yeah. It's something's got to happen. Maybe even barter. That 89 truck I got, I got it because I bartered for it. And I hate bartering. But I did fence work for a guy. He bought the material. I built the fence. I got the truck out of it. And I think I still owed him a little money. You know? Figure it out, man. Make it happen. And don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. So, especially if you know... Yeah, we're we're going to make it. You know somebody that's got a... Their husband passed away and they got a pickup truck. You know? Whatever, man. Use whatever you got at your disposal. So, look, bro, it was great talking to you, but I'm going to cut it short. And uh, I'm going to holler at you later, man. All right, man. Well, you take care down there. If you need something, let me know. I will. I will. Good talking to you, bro. You have a good one. Yeah. It was good talking to you, too. You take care. All right, man. Bye. You've been listening to My Fence Life. Yes, we like to have fun. Beer, bourbon, and business. And although we have fun, we take our business very seriously. Dan Blanc is known as the Fence King, and he's been providing high-quality fence solutions since 1999. He's connected to industry leaders, business leaders, financing experts, and marketing gurus that will be on the show to talk about their success stories. 
To find out more about us, hit the website at myfencelife.com. Listen to the show wherever you consume your content. We are everywhere. Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast. See you next time on My Fence Life.